Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello and welcome to Out With Dan. Today I'm so excited to talk with my buddy Wally White about his book, Christmas Travelers. Hi, Wally. Hi. I love it. You've got one too. That's fantastic. I, You know, I pulled this off the shelf and it's signed. I guess I thought in case somebody got one, they might as well have a signed copy. <laughs> totally agree. It's worth a lot more. <laughs> So this is this book is set at Christmas. Is that a favorite holiday for you? It is, and it always has been for you know my whole family. My my brother is such a Christmas nut of posting stuff on Facebook that when Harry Connick Jr. had his talk show, they his producers actually found my brother on Facebook and made him part of a Christmas nut job, you know, show episode. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a family trait of ours, Christmas. I totally love it. I love Christmas. I think it's so fun. So give us a setup of what the book is about. You know, it's um, it's basically a, a modern retelling of the nativity story. And uh, I, I, I paused for a second because the idea really came from years ago. Um, I had this idea um, to write a script or really a TV Christmas movie uh, uh, for uh, the cast of Touched by an Angel shortly after they had gone off the, they were done. And I thought, well, but they could come back for a movie. And, uh, but I had a writing partner and we had had uh, a learning experience about writing for characters that we did not own. And um, so the idea kind of went from what I had originally had for the Touched by an Angel group and then kind of developed into, well, what would that look like if it were all brand new characters that like I really have the right to tell the story of? And uh, so then it became about the journey and the traveling part of, of the nativity story, but like in modern times, so airplanes are used and, and all of that sort of thing. Well, I think that was a fun thing about it. You know, when I first started off, they all the characters do take an airplane ride. And I thought, well, a modern retelling of the activity on an airplane could be problematic or fun. Right. <laughs> right. So let's get into your characters some. So you, one of your main characters is Nellie, who's a feisty old broad. And uh, but she brings with her a lot of wisdom. And I, I really enjoyed reading her. And you I got the sense that she knew exactly what she wanted. Sometimes she would make you pull it out of her, but she knew where she was going on her journey. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Nellie is uh, I mean, a couple of things about, you know, you and I have a, a, a shared former friend in Della Reese and I Della's voice was always a hundred percent in that character. And, uh, but, you know, it, I, I wanted to be sure that it wasn't Della, that it was this other person, you know, uh, but her voice and that kind of surety that came from that was always there in that. And, uh, but then the name Nellie, I chose very specifically because um, that was Della's mother's name. 
And I had a great aunt with that name. In fact, uh, in the book, Nellie's sister's name is Opal. And I had an aunt Nellie and an aunt Opal. So, um, you know, I kind of tied together some of that and some of this. And and I wanted it to be, you know, that's where I, Nellie is a singer and, uh, and kind of a former famous person. But she's been out of the game long enough that she's not automatically recognizable but that didn't mean that she doesn't stride with that same kind of stardom that you know because that's who she is you know so that's why she's described with her jewels on and her you know all that stuff and her style and uh i had such a great love and not had i still do have such a great love for della reese that um you know i i wanted all of that in that character I love that. I thought when I was reading, because I, as we've talked about, I knew it was a modern retelling of the nativity. So there was something, of course, I can be a little daft at times. So, of course, when I got to Frank and Alanya, I'm thinking, oh, well, Alanya. But then, you know, if I really thought about it long and hard, I might have realized it was a little different from that. But I thought Alanya's character spoke to me so much because you brought in Alanya that childlike wonderment of not only Christmas, but of everyday living. She was curious and she was talkative and she wasn't shy. And that was something beautiful. That is something children give us that sadly we sometimes grow out of as adults. Did you have yeah, fun writing there, her? Yeah, there are things that um, a child can and will say that, that you can't honestly get out of an adult. And so... Um, you know, it's a nativity store and modern, but, uh, you know, so there's going to be a baby around and there's talk about a baby all the way through because, um, you know, the one character is pregnant. But um, but you still in the story we're telling right now you, you, for a Christmas story, especially you just needed that child that can say and do things that are going to really be part of a Christmas spirit story that you're not going to get. Uh, just out of a room full of adults. I totally agree. And I do. That is one thing about children that is so beautiful. Uh, they do bring a different perspective to it. And they have a curiosity that, you know, we, I think adults have a curiosity, too. I just don't think we have it quite as honestly as children often do. And so that's a beautiful thing. And I so enjoyed her voice in this part. So that was yeah. wonderful. And then we have Charlie and Holly, who Holly is the vessel, I guess you could call it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> give us a little setup about what they're like. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I'm I'm from the South, as you are, too. And um, I, I so I definitely wanted that Southern part because it, when I start talking about my favorite uh, Christmas traditions and stuff, there's going to be some Southern stuff in there. So I wanted that in there. And Holly really became part of a lesson I'd learned after my dad passed away. That meant next Christmas, my dad died in, in August. This was back in 98. And, um, I, and, and then the Christmas after that, there were things that my mom didn't want to do. And, um, and I understand that in a different way now, 24 years later. But um, at the time, I was like, We've got to, we've got to push on. We got to carry on. We got to do. And so it was about, you know, the lessons from that 
really I was able to do through Holly and Charlie in that uh, the well, but it's Christmas and it has to be A, B and C. Don't you know we've done D, you know, and uh, and people getting so caught up into the it has to be this way or it's not Christmas. And then that really be, ended up being the driving force behind the whole story of like, this is the Christmas we've got. Yes. So yes. let's let's make this Christmas as magical and wonderful as possible, as opposed to being upset that you're not going to have the exact same one you've had all these other times. And I think that uh, to sort of get a little metaphysical, I think that's a, a lesson we all learn in in death and in grief that. Um, the person may not be physically there with us, but the spirit of what we had before, or maybe even their spirit is still with us. And that's, that is something that I think that we all go through when there are changes in our lives and it doesn't have to be death. It could be some simply something as uh, these two characters do. They've moved to a new city. So there's a death, if you will, of what it used to be like, and sometimes it does become extraordinarily difficult to figure out how do I put all of my past into my current so I will still enjoy the same holiday that I enjoyed before. And, and I think that is difficult often. Right. And I did notice that if, uh, they make it to Newark, which, you know, we, you and I have definitely both been through Newark and it's it's lovely, but they do make their way to New York City, which, of course, I think that for most Americans, New York City is a fixture in the world of Christmas because it's done so over the top. And of course, in my estimation, I think New York becomes uh, yet another character. Did you feel that way in writing it? Yeah, and I, I lived in New York for five and a half years um, and. I have always said that my I have three favorite months in New York City, and that's April and October because the weather is perfect. And then uh, December, because I think there's no city in the world that does Christmas any better than New York. I'm not saying other cities don't do it good, <laughs> but I don't think anybody does it better than New York. And so there were so many things that I pulled from, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they still do that. Like those, the giant Christmas balls in the water fountain there on Fifth Avenue. Like that's a real thing. I took time to write about it because I just love it. And um, I was thinking about it recently. I'm like, can I recreate that with like beach balls in my yard now that I, you know? uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, right. So yeah, so there was, you know, I, and I have been kind of trapped in Newark airport for a full day and, and, um, and I have walked the streets of New York when, uh, I ended up having to walk further and more uncomfortably than I had planned. Or, you know, mine was like, uh, it was raining and I always depended on never worrying about having an umbrella because in New York city, the second there's a drop, they all pull their crates out and the umbrellas, these are old prices. The umbrellas that were selling for $5 are now suddenly $10 and you happily <laughs> pay it. And, um, and like I was doing, and then suddenly the, this one day I, there, there were no umbrellas and now I'd already walked 10 blocks and now I'm soaking wet by the time I see an umbrella and I'm like, what's the point? I got 10 more blocks to walk. <laughs> and, um, 
and I'm just dripping. And so, you know, I used that for, for Jack and like this journey that she had to take that was not the journey she had planned and, and the uncomfortableness of it, but then also, you know, kind of the fun stuff that comes from that. Yes. And, and speaking of Jack, I do want to say for the world to know that, you know, Christmas time, we should not, um, impose on single people because single people might enjoy Christmas as much as married people. Right. Jack gets thrown into this trip because, you know, her boss wants this particular thing done, but the boss wants to stay home with the family. And I'm like, you know, I might've been there once or twice in my life. I bet you have as well. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well you can do it. Why? Cause you know, <laughs> you, you don't have to you don't have to worry about batteries for the kids children or kids right, toys exactly. and stuff so i'm exactly. like okay yeah so i i try to disappear at christmas and on my birthday so whatever you need you can do on your own because i'm not your responsible person <laughs> right absolutely so there is a forward by Della Reese at the beginning of the book tell us how that came to be yeah so um my cousin who was my editor on the book as we were finishing up she said you know you know Della do you think you could give her get her to give you a little clip I you know just a little one sentence that would kind of go on the book cover she said that might help since since nobody knows who you are it'd be nice to put the name of somebody that people know who they are and uh she said do you think you can get her to give you a little one sentence something and I'm like well, why don't I just ask her to write a forward? And she said, oh, well, if you think she can do it. I'm like, they'll, they'll do just about anything for me because uh, we had that kind of love for one another. And yeah. so Della got a copy of the book that was literally, I printed it out of Word, you know, so it was a big stack of paper and I went and drove up and they weren't at home. So I stuck, I stuck that version of the book in her mailbox. And, uh, and then a couple of days later they called and said, all right, here's your forward. So, um, yeah. So she loved it and she, she, you know, she recognized her voice and Nellie too. And so, um, we both wanted her to play that part, but I, I still have yet to ever find somebody to say yes to a Christmas movie version. (laughs) You know what? Let's not give up hope. It can always happen. That's it. Uh, Wally, thank you so much. The book again is Christmas Travelers and it's available on Amazon. Is that correct? It is. That's uh, that's kind of where it lives these days. Uh, but they uh, they get you a copy quick. Lovely. I love it. Thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me. Yeah, thank you. And do you have any kind of social media you want to share? Uh, I'm on uh, on Instagram. Um there's a site called Wally White NC, as in North Carolina, um, and uh, and I'm on uh, I'm on the TikTok. Uh, that's on uh, I think it's currently Wally White Guy, like the white guy. So okay. Wally White Guy, and uh, so I'm there too. I uh, I let the little bluebird go. So, um, <laughs> so those are the main two spots to find me these days. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I wish you great success and lots of love, and I will chat with you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com. 
on Twitter at OutWithDan and on Instagram and Facebook at GoOutWithDan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.